It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Tell you what they have shifted, and it's been memory hold, is what happened uh, in a mall in Wisconsin. So, or Indiana, rather, Indiana, where a 22-year-old good Samaritan who was armed prevented what could be significant loss of life. Three people uh, already killed by the man, the young man, also a young man, carrying out the assault, the murderer. But what could have happened could have looked much, much worse. Kevin Michalowski, executive editor, content director for Concealed Carry Magazine, joins me now. Kevin, good morning. Good to have you here. Good morning, David. Thank you for uh, calling me up and uh, talking about this important topic. They memory hold it. It disappeared. This story went away faster than you can imagine. Uh, Because in this case, a young man stood up and tried to usher people away, you know, getting them out of the way and stopped what could have been a significant a uh, significantly worse mass murderer. Three people are dead. Fortunately, and I'll put it that way, those are my words, the gunman is dead. And hopefully a lesson for others that you don't know where you might run into someone who's who's carrying a weapon and can defend themselves and their fellow citizens or just passers-by. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, for years, we in the in the concealed carry community, and and I'm the editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. This is what we do and what we talk about. Um, We've said that concealed carry provides an aggressor the ultimate opportunity to make a fatal error in the victim selection process. So, um, and, And one of the reasons you said this is memory hold, one of the reasons it's pushed aside is because it absolutely doesn't fit any narrative that gun controllers want to talk about. Because Indiana just passed their constitutional carry law, uh, and it went into effect July 1st, which means you no longer have to petition the government for permission to defend yourself. You may carry a gun at at any time, and you don't need a permit. You don't need permission from the government to do that. And at the same time, you're held responsible for your actions with that gun. So people need to understand that even though you don't need a permit, You still need training and you still need education. You still need to understand what the laws of your state are. Now, look, clearly or apparently, I'll say that. I'll use the correct term there. Uh, uh, Elisha, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Dickon, who engaged the gunman within just two minutes, uh, was calm, was trained. He, He had a good distance between the two of them. Uh, using a handgun, and he still managed to to take him out. Uh, something else of note, and this gunman waited in the bathroom, as reported, for about an hour before coming out into the food court. The mall had signs posted that uh, they don't uh, no weapons allowed in the mall, and, and the media reaction, you know, whether it's was it moms against guns and these other groups. It, you know, and, and and individuals in the in the media world came out. Well, you know, how dare he carry a weapon inside a mall that prevented it? Well, would more dead bodies have made it better for their cause? 
Yeah, what what result did they want to happen next um, when this killer started shooting? What what were they expecting, that, that people were to die until police got there or that someone was to step in and, and do his best to put an end to the threat? And indeed, Eli did stop this threat, so the, that's important. But another thing I really need to stress is there's been a lot of talk about the sign at the mall there at uh, the the Greenwood Park Mall in Indiana that said guns are not allowed. And one of the things we do here at the U.S. Concealed Carry Association is break down the laws of the state so people can understand them. And uh, uh, on our webpage, we post uh, laws from all 50 states, and it clearly says that signs like that in private businesses in Indiana do not have the power of law. What that is, is a reminder that the mall owner does not want you to carry a gun there. And if they see you carrying a gun there, they may tell you to leave and you have to leave. And if you don't, you'll be charged with trespassing or disorderly conduct or something like that. But the gun-free zone signs in the state of Indiana don't carry the power of any state statute. It is just an instruction from the owner of the property that they don't want you there. And once again, if you know the laws, if you're educated and you understand what's going on around you and you carry your gun every place you legally can do that, you have a much better opportunity of protecting yourself if something bad happens. Yeah, it could literally, and in this case, did save lives, including his, uh, you know, because this was a situation that developed in minutes. Uh, the police officers or maybe the the mall security were not certainly going to be able to do anything unless they were armed and most mall security is not armed. It, but then you, you take a look at the, the response and that concerns me because there are people in America who will go along with this idea being pushed that, you know, well, he went into a, he shouldn't have been carried a gun and, and this is wrong and the gun is evil and the gun is bad. And people buy into that. I, that, you know, for people to buy into that could also mean they're voting for politicians who write policy and laws. And, and this is a prime example um, that shows the gun really has nothing to do with the actions of the individual. The gun is a tool. And here, in this situation, we had two people using guns for vastly different purposes. One, for absolute pure evil, evil incarnate. And, and evil exists, and people need to understand that. And Eli Dickin used his firearm to stop that. He used it in the most appropriate, the most ethical, the most honorable way anybody can use a firearm. You, you get yourself a gun... And you keep it put away until you need to use it to defend against evil. And that's what we train people to do over at the USCCA. Ideally, situational awareness and conflict avoidance. I would much rather have people escape a situation than fight their way out of it. But in, the, in a case like being in a mall food court, there's really not a whole lot of places to just hide and escape. You can't outrun the bullets of a bad guy. You need to stop that threat, and that's exactly what Eli Dickens did. You know, while it's a smaller town leading into this, I mentioned uh, Kenley, North Carolina. And in that case, you have a police force. Yeah, it's a small town, but it matters whether it's small or large. That resigns over an atmosphere that was untenable. 
And again, back to a hostile work environment created by those in charge in the town of Kenley. You know, these are the situations that put citizens at risk. You know, if, if you surrender your Second Amendment rights, you relegate yourself to police response time or the fortunate response of an Eli, I'll use Eli, <laughs> spells his name pretty cleverly there, but Eli Dickin. Uh, but now we have citizens at risk because of political leaders. What's How do you see the effort in this country to change these laws and, and to get rid of these people who are an, unreasonably, unreasonably anti-gun? I believe what we're faced with now is, and, and we've been faced with it for years, is an effort to educate the rest of the populace that firearms are not the problem, that responsible and ethical use of firearms is something that is not only a God-given right, but it, it's it's a good thing to do. Uh, I've you know I, I hear you talking about uh, um, the police force down in that small town, and I've been a small town cop for 17 years. And in fact, I just turned in my badge. I just decided that time was up, and and I'm no longer going to be a police officer. And I would tell people all the time, especially in more rural areas, but it's also true in, in urban areas, that no one is coming to help you immediately. You have this God-given right, this natural-born right to defend yourself, and no government should take that away from you by making it more difficult to defend yourself. And and I hear people all the time on on the opposite side of this issue, I'm not going to make it a left or right or a Democrat or Republican issue, but it, it is an issue about guns. And I hear people all the time saying, well, we, we shouldn't live in a world where there are so many guns and, and, so many, and so much danger. And understand that the cat is already out of that bag. Firearms have been invented. They have proliferated. They're being made all over the place. And people are using them for evil means. So good people should be able to use them to defend against evil people. And your government should not take that away from you or make you jump through a bunch of hoops to utilize your right to defend yourself. I am certainly advocating that anyone who uses a gun gets training, gets educated about their laws, because understand, if you use your gun to defend yourself, you're going to call the police and they're going to come and investigate. And it's so much easier for cops to investigate when the person who was doing the shooting was standing there saying, yes, I was the one who was doing the shooting. This guy attacked me. So, so all, of, all of that responsibility remains, and you need to use your firearms responsibly. That, that's just a given. But no one should be taking them away. No one should be infringing upon your right to defend yourself. You know, Kevin, I think your point one of the points and to all the takeaways from this interview among many is when the police show up if in this case and in eli's case you've got to be there look at calm is up for debate at that time but ready to answer clear questions goes with the training you know that you've done nothing wrong and it, I would say in most cases, it's fair to say that most cases you'll just have to deal with paperwork and questions and and the things. And and also, I had this discussion with a psychologist colleague of mine yesterday uh, that after that event, uh, family members and friends, you know, and to the person, to Eli, should 
keep an eye on that person because it's a form of trauma for many, not necessarily for all. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it is a it, it is a huge thing to be involved in a defensive gun use, a deadly force incident. But I do want to push back on one thing that you said there, that even the good guys, um, it is not going to be an easy time for good guys involved in a shooting when they're dealing with police and the law enforcement system. And my suggestion and the, the suggestion from the USCCA is to not speak to law enforcement you give basic information. Yes, he shot at me. He ran away that way after I shot at him. Here's what he looked like. Tell him that to help the investigation. But then remain silent until you have consulted with an attorney. And that's exactly what the USCCA does. We make sure that people know what to do before, during, and after a defensive gun use. So um, it's I, I've told people all the time, you know, especially when I was working as a cop, when I show up on the scene, you don't have to talk to me. You have that right to remain silent. It might frustrate me as a cop, but um, the, the legal system is very complex, and so much is at stake that if you're involved in a defensive gun use, if you're involved in a shooting to save your life or the lives of others, yes, be prepared, be polite, be ready to cooperate, but don't make any statements until after you've spoken to an attorney. Good advice. That's why we have you there and here as well. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Always good to have you guys on. Thank you very much, David. Happy to be here. Kevin Michalowski, Executive Editor and Content Director for Concealed Carry Magazine, usconcealedcarry.com, uh, the website there. Uh, join in, learn, edu I get educated every time I talk to these guys. That's why I have them here on the show. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.